what are you going to tell us, tough guys? My usual. Zero. Nothing. I'm going to be honest, it was emotional. It was an emotional night last night. I, uh, I saw a couple of memes flying around. I thought, uh, all right, something serious has gone down. Something serious has gone down. I'd seen that uh, it looked as though Kanye had slapped Jay-Z upon first impressions. I, I wasn't 100% sure. I don't keep real close tabs with what's going on on, on celebrity on celebrity status. I don't think many of us do anymore, do we? I think we're more, uh, we're more interested in what's happening online, like the real celebrities are the YouTube celebrities. But then when we saw Morgan Freeman just whack the shit out of Michael Jordan last night, we couldn't help but... You know, we couldn't help but think, oh, something's, something's a little bit off here. I tell you what, if I was a presenter, if I was up on stage, if I was Dennis Rodman, there's no way I would have tolerated that kind of behaviour. You know what I'm talking about. I know who I'm talking about. It's the great man himself. I haven't seen it for a while, but it seems appropriate that we... Uh, just take a minute. Feel bad saying it. It's a great show, but I mean, with memes like this, it's... You've got to expect the unexpected. Anyway. It doesn't make a big difference to me. I still go for the Bulls. I don't get... We all stuff up, do you know what I mean? If Jordan's absolutely slapped his teammate, it's uh, it's something <laughs> it's something that we need to learn to accept. But man, it was good to watch, wasn't it? I really like it when, when live when live TV goes a little bit wrong or, or incredibly right if you're me, depending on how you look at it. My, my Twitter feed hasn't been as exciting to, to read through in the last sort of six hours uh, or for the last six years as what it's been for the last six hours. So I really hope that, you know, out of this, what we're being told is, a, is an utter tragedy for, for Will Smith's wife and, and all her boyfriends. I think it's important we, just, we all just pause, we take a breath and we say, how good's live television? It's funny. I mean, we all we've all got people at the moment, or we all we all know someone who is uh, in the minority group. We know someone who's struggling. We know. I just, I honestly, I didn't think that people with alopecia would have their moment. I wasn't a hundred percent sure it would ever come uh, because there's some there's some serious causes out there. And at the moment, I've I've seen so many balding men and women um, based on an autoimmune disease start speaking up, going, "Hey, this is the one group you can't talk about," you know. I, I know you've done jokes on Jews and like violence and murder and and rape and stuff, but don't don't talk about hair loss because it um. I mean, it's very personal to me. It's very personal. A lot of people aren't sure whether it was legit, are they? Like, uh, I've been I've been loving just seeing all the different responses to this situation. My my personal opinion is, hey, this is why we just need Ricky Gervais at at all, um, at all celebrity awards. Because, first of all, it, I just don't think that Will Smith would have been allowed to walk away like that. I think athletically, like, if we're going to be honest, Will Smith would beat the shit out of Ricky Gervais uh, if it was a weaponless fight. Like, obviously, if, if Ricky Gervais had a gun, it would be a much different story. But uh, And that's not a stereotype, uh, you know, it's not me assuming that Will Smith has a gun based on, on, on you know, the colour of his skin and stereotypes like that. I'm just saying hypothetically... If Will Smith in this situation had a gun, he would he would definitely win the fight. If Ricky Gervais had had the gun, obviously it'd uh, it'd go back the other way. Do you know what I mean? It's not got to do with a white man or a black man owning guns. It's got to do with 
just the physical advantage that a gun offers you in in self-defense uh providing that the um you know that the safety is not on you know how to aim it but uh, i don't think we'd see that if if ricky gervais was there i think ricky he would have got slapped he would have taken a moment to, to get his beer. And then I think what would have happened was was he would have got a microphone stand or, or something nearby, maybe the uh, maybe the Oscar itself, and, and just gone down and, and given given Will a little bit of a whack. It would have been nice to see a little bit of retaliation, I thought. I thought the fact that, that Rock just, I mean, he handed it well. Like, what do you do when you get whacked on stage? You're, because you're supposed to be telling funny jokes and there's nothing that takes the fun out of a joke like just getting punched in the head because someone doesn't like your joke. The good news for me is an, as an open mic, as an up-and-comer on the uh, on the comedy circuit is it's nice to see even, elite, an, even an elite professional comedian. So I guess you have to call that a bomb, don't you? You have to call that a bomb. Well, there was at least two people in the audience who appeared not to enjoy what was going on. So, I mean, I've never, in fact, I don't want to just go out there and make the argument that I'm a better comedian than Chris Rock based on the fact I've never been punched in the head after one of my jokes. But I mean, there's, surely there's a case for that argument. Surely there's a little bit of something in, in what I'm saying. I mean, am I better than him because I've never been punched in the head? Maybe that's what people have been texting me saying. No, I shouldn't. I, I hate lying to you guys. I hate lying to you guys. I shouldn't just make up stories about people. No one's texted me. No one even thought about my comedy career in this moment because everyone's been too busy thinking about memes, thinking about really funny Instagram feeds, really funny uh, Twitter feeds. Twitter's been the best for it because Twitter's a uh, Twitter is is a platform of polar opposites. You go onto Twitter not to ever have a meaningful conversation, but just to show the people on the opposite side of the fence just how how ridiculous and how wrong they are, and and, and that's what makes it so fun. There's so many one-liners this morning that have got me so excited and. Uh, it's just made me more passionate. I, I love the fact that a man got slapped because he told a funny joke. And then uh, the, my favourite part of it is is the academy. They they came out today or, or last night and they said, "Look, we just want to make it really clear. Uh, we we don't we don't condone what happened. We're not a really big fan of violence." You go, mate. We get it. We knew you were going to say that because anything which is slightly controversial, you're on the conservative side of. Not conservative in the sense that they're Republicans. I mean conservative in the sense that they're going to take the lovely approach. So, uh, yeah, you didn't have to do it. We, we knew where you stood. We knew where you stood. We were just confused as to whether or not it was rehearsed because we, we knew that these guys are two highly qualified actors, really, especially Will Smith. I mean, he was he was literally there to win an award for his ability to act, I think, I mean, I haven't clipped a close eye on what the actual award was about, but there's been a lot of speculation around what's going on. This is funny. There was a, uh, I was listening to the local radio this morning. There was a conversation here in Queenscliff about whether or not there was a, was it fake? Was it real? Why do you think? I think uh, 70% of people who were calling in said, yeah, we reckon it was legit. I'm in that category. I reckon it looked legit because he had, uh, he had that look. He looked like he's about to cry. He looked like I do when I'm at a party, everyone's had a few drinks, I've been giving my mates shit for a little while and then they come back with an absolute banger of a call and everyone in the room laughs and, and I'm a little bit embarrassed to be the butt the butt of the joke. He, he had that face that I get where you go, okay, we've turned a corner here. Uh, maybe maybe stop messing with uh maybe stop messing with Toss because he's about to cry. He's gonna get upset and then the tears come streaming down my face. You know, when you lose something you can't replace. And, uh, and that was the look that we had. When he started dropping the F-bombs, I, I, think, I think that's where it really registered that, uh, you know, there was, a little bit of, there was a little bit of anger. 
which is good. You've got to admit, it was ironic because uh, no one likes talking about black-on-black violence. You can't really talk about that in this day and age. And I just I just think, um, I mean, it could have been a white guy slap a black guy, but it was just, or it could have been a white guy slap a white guy is what I was trying to say. But I just, I thought it was ironic that um, we're not doing anything for stereotypes. Do you know what I mean? It would have been better if we had a gay man kiss a gay man or a straight man kiss a gay man. Imagine how loudly that would have been applauded. If we had a gay man kiss a straight man, and the straight man thought, no, no, for, for the sake of this uh, and, and just to show how passionate I am about this, I'm going to put my tongue in this guy's mouth just to see what happened. I wouldn't have done it, you know, unless he had like a really nice mouth, nice mouth lozenger. But that's just me personally, uh, not because I'm a homophobe, more because uh, I'm married. And I, I just think me kissing anyone outside my marriage would just be, it'd be something that's a little bit too difficult to explain to to my wife but it's been so fun just reading through the responses have have you guys noticed that that since covid there's there's a lot of people they just don't believe anything's real anymore because the conversation was all right was it real or, or was it staged and then i spent 10 minutes looking through my instagram and i came across a couple of people which might just say a little bit more about the people that i follow maybe that's the area of my life i need to improve but but man it's entertaining i i, I saw a particular guy i follow just right um Guys, in case you forgot, the world's a big stage. Everything is an act. This is just another act to take your attention away from whatever's going on in the world. I, I don't know if that's true because there's, have you noticed how many people there are now who just don't believe that, that anything is real? One of my good mates, he believes, he, he essentially believes, uh, I mean, I mean, you can, throw, you can throw any category, you can throw any conversation, you can throw any topic at him. Is the world round? Nah, bro, it's, a, it's, a, they're, it's an illusion. It's actually a flat. We're on, we're on a flat Earth. Um, was it staged or or was it real, bro? It's it's all to take your attention away from the plan. It's all to take your attention away from the plan. You go, what's the plan? They go, it's the plan of the elites. You go, well, what's the elites' plan? They go to take your attention away. I go, yeah, but from what? They go, no, just from the main the main purpose, the main plan. I go, no, I un like I, I fully understand what you're saying. I, I understand sort of where you're going and, and what you mean and stuff like that. But but what I'm I'm just trying to wrap my head around at the moment as you're speaking is is what is that main plan? And he goes, You need to do some more research. I go, I feel like you're dodging the question. He goes, I'm not, Tyce. I've just I've just woken up. I'm like, well, I wish in your in your waking hours you you develop the ability to justify some of these claims because because now there's people saying that uh, i'm just confused i mean what is this big conspiracy theory what is what is it that we're all that we're all apparently being blinded from that's the only that's the main issue i have with with anti-vaxxers i think i think my main issue with anti-vaxxers actually my main issue is the fact that now so the last 50 years in australia the main cause of of death i think in both sexes um is cardiovascular cardiovascular disease heart disease People die of heart attacks. I mean, I'm sure there's a heap of factors. Some of it's genetic, sure. Some of it's diet. Some of it is, uh, I'm not sure. Maybe a little, maybe a little fatty boomba. I'm pretty sure fatty boomba has a couple of uh, negative consequences. So, uh, so you know, if you didn't know that, maybe, maybe it's time to start getting into shape. But you can't really say that anymore because you get you get cancelled if you try and encourage people to get healthy. But, but what I'm trying to say is, uh, is cardiovascular disease has been around for a long time. And have you guys noticed that every time someone touches their chest, they go ah. Yeah, yeah, I see what's happened here. That was the, uh, was the booster shot. The booster shot's caused some chaos. It's, uh, it's damaged the heart. I don't know if it's true. I'm not a doctor. Who am I? I was a guy in his back bedroom with a microphone telling you these stories. But, but what my point is, is uh, you, you see whatever you want to see, don't you? 
I remember when I was back at school, I, I, I you know, I, I was, I was a culprit for getting crushes on people. Mostly the girls, a couple of the, a uh, couple of the football boys, but they were, they were tens. Do you know what I mean? So it was justified. It wasn't like it was strange. It wasn't like it was the legitimate questioning of my sexuality. It was just they were gorgeous guys. You saw them take a shower after the footy game. You go, you know what? Maybe I'll take up physiotherapy. Maybe physiotherapy wouldn't be a bad idea because the idea of massaging, uh, you know, Peter's calves be a good workout for my thumbs. I've had a massage in Vietnam. I know how they end up. Maybe I could just offer Peter a little bit of relief after his game. That's all I'm saying. I'm just the kind of guy I'm looking out for my fellow schoolmates. And uh, and Peter turned out to be a pretty good-looking guy. He, uh, he had quads of steel. He had calves of iron. And he had the ability to kick on both feet, which is probably the most attractive factor out of all of those things. I mean, you could be as muscular as you like, but when you're well-balanced, you kick off both feet and you have really like clear peripheral vision. I go, man, that's the, that's the kind of man I would marry if I, if I had to marry a man. But the truth is, or the stereotype goes, that most of those men, they, they have their pick of women. So even if I did go up to them and say, hey, look, man, look, I know you know my wife, my kid, uh, uh, but just looking at your calves and you're kicking off both feet has made me want to take up physiotherapy. Do you reckon I could just give you a little bit of a rub down in the, chair, in the change rooms? Uh, I, I don't know that it would go down well. But you shouldn't assume. I remember a few years ago, a guy goes, mate, you, sh- you should never assume because it makes an ass out of you and me. And I said, oh, what, what do you mean by that? He goes, no, no, like, just have a think about it. He goes, well, you should never assume. He goes, you should never ask you because it makes an ass out of you and me. I said, oh, mate, I heard, you, I heard you say that the first time, but what, I don't really understand your point. He goes, mate, let me, let me write it down for you. And he spelt it out, and I felt, you know, I felt a little bit embarrassed about what had taken place, but... But I, I, had a, I was a culprit. I was a culprit in the crush department. And when I was in the crush department, I, I often I saw signs that supported what, what I wish was taking place. I'd put my hand up in English class and, you know, ask a question. I saw the way Alice Connor looked across and I thought, ah, oh, she liked that question. Hmm? She also didn't know what the, uh, what the middle name of Harry Potter was for her essay. I'm so glad I asked that question because now me and Alice have, have both been enlightened on the topic and, you know, she had a little sparkle in her eye and I had a little strut in my step and, you know, I'll just use that as a as a little bit of arsenal, as a little bit of tool, uh, a little bit of fuel for the fire to go up at lunchtime and go, hey, crazy, crazy about Harry Potter's middle name, don't you reckon? And she goes, man, honestly, like, do you have to talk to me? And I go, okay, playing hard to get, are we? That's a game I like to play. I'll see you here same time tomorrow. I'll see you at lunchtime tomorrow when I come back for round two of Will Poppy Get Alice. So I'll go back there the next day. She goes, man, honestly, I'm just trying to sit with my friends. I go, I know the game you're playing, Miss Alice. I know this game. I've seen it all before. I'll see you back here tomorrow at lunchtime. Then I, I went over there at lunchtime tomorrow. She was sitting with a guy who was cuddling her. I goes, ooh, she's really turned up this game. I go, who's this? She goes, it's my boyfriend. I go, ah-ha. I bet it is. All right, I'll see you back here tomorrow. Went back there tomorrow. This went on for about four years. She's married to this guy now with three kids. I'm married with a kid, but I know it's just a game. I know what she's doing. I know how they I know how they work this game. I'm here for the long haul. Think I can't see through the act? Well, this is the problem, isn't it? Because uh, when you get your eyes too locked onto something, when you just see something that you want to see, it uh, it just appears everywhere. And now everyone I know who has a problem with, uh, with vaccine mandates is saying that every single heart attack that's taken place in the last couple of months is it's purely based on, it's purely based on what do they call it? 
it's purely based on a, a, a negative response is what they're saying but but i mean they, they don't want to look at the food it's got nothing to do you see a fat person though you can't just go hey it's uh it's purely the it's purely the um like what was it who was the guy in the foo fighters the the drummer so so sad the the bloke from the foo fighters died the other day and then then a whole heap of people that i that i know i've been associated with start sending group messages like ah you think it's you think it's a coincidence that he's that he's just been vaccinated that the foo fighters have vaccine only concerts and and now that this guy's died you think it's a coincidence do you i can tell you that they're directly correlated one to the other i said but but in the article, I, I read it, and it, and it said that he had 10 other substances in his system. Like he had heroin, alcohol, antidepressants. And, and then they go, yeah, that's what they tell you, bro. That's what they're going to tell you. Because it takes your mind off, off what they're trying to do. I go, what are they trying to do? He goes, bro, don't you know? I go, man, how many times do I have to have this conversation with you before you before you just open up to me and tell me exactly what they're trying to do because I can't keep playing this game. And they go, oh, it's a laziness factor, Tice. It's laziness. You don't want to see the truth. Like I'm asking, I'm asking you directly for the truth. I'm starting to get the impression you don't know. They said, oh, making big claims now, are we? I go, well, you've left me without too many options, so I'm not sure what else to do. But anyway, yeah, I think that was my problem in high school. I reckon my problem with high, in high school was I, I fell in love too easy. And, uh, you know, I committed quite hard. I'm, I'm fairly disciplined. I'm fairly determined. When I get my mindset on something, I go, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get that. Which made it hard when I had a crush on my year nine maths teacher. Because she would have been 34. I was 15. Like, it was never going to work. Not at, that, not at that age. Not with the effort level that I was putting into maths either. She would come into math class and... I'd brush my hair back. Forgetting about the fact I was 15, I was also a distance runner, which I, I never saw a girl at school go, like when the question's asked amongst a friendship group, what do you want in a man? Well, 14, 15-year-old girl response is never, I, I want them to be a distance runner. I like it when you can see a rib coming out of the side of their shirt. I like it that when you hug them, you feel like it's a skeleton. And I also like it when they when they run how on the local circuit they win, but but then they line up against anyone from Africa, and and they just they they're just abysmal. It's just horrific. Man, those Kenyans can run. All you had to do was watch the World Indoor Champs just from a couple of weeks ago, and it was a it was a pretty solid display. Not that you needed me to explain that. It's it's quite well known for a little while, and it's funny. I say that as a compliment. I, I spoke about this last week. I say that with full respect. I, I wish if there was one other place I could be from, I would choose just. Probably an East African country, maybe like a, maybe in Ethiopia, I reckon, or a Kenya. They're the two running countries, and and for me, they're the they're the two that I'd go for. But the truth was, I, I never heard a girl in all of my years at school. I never heard one say, "I just I just want a man." That they didn't ever refer to us as men because at the time we were boys. But there was a couple of guys in our age group that had some stubble. They were the real. They looked like the real men, I guess. I was just sitting there eating my frozen yogurt and my pizza bun because I, I saw that they were low in fat, um, high carbohydrates. I thought they were a central part of the diet. So I would, I would just, I would, you know, I would nibble away at that. Just iron off Alice with her boyfriend. She went through a few different boyfriends just to just to try and make me jealous. And, 
Yeah, but uh, it was it was disappointing. I remember telling my wife. I told Jesse about some of the some of the crushes that I had, and I walked into an ice cream shop one day, and there was there was Sarah Morocco. Had a little cuddle in year ten. I was too nervous to commit to the kiss. I don't know what it was. I was year twelve, so I was I was seventeen. I might have just turned eighteen. She was she was year ten. So what's that like fifteen or sixteen? And she was a little glamour, and I I was a little bit out of my depth, and I couldn't believe that one wasn't playing super hard to get. So I remember. We were at a Bray Jessup's farmhouse in, I uh, can't remember where he used to live, but he used to have all the house parties out there because he had a farm. We were standing by the fire just having a cuddle. And she kept making little gestures like, uh, you know, upon reflection it was quite clear that, that she wanted a little kiss from the pop. And I didn't know I didn't know what to do. I was, I was, just, I was just trying to hide the evidence uh, about how excited I was at the proposition, you know, so I was just doing secret little tucks and standing side on and, it's always it's always a weird experience. You don't look like a real confident guy when you're standing in a cuddle pose with a year ten girl doing a side on cuddle because you don't want her to feel, you know, what you're doing your best to hide. It's just uh, that's what comes with learning. And I don't think Bond's jocks had that little secret sock where you could just tuck thing. It's not a sock. Like none of my jocks have a sock built into it. I should clarify. Well, I mean, it's an idea, but it's almost like a. It's not a sock, but it's a secret tunnel. It's a secret tunnel. Uh, it, I don't know. I was talking to a mate yesterday. Here's the thing. I, I think in Australia we're a little bit too we're a little bit too sheltered. We keep that kind of stuff close to our chest, don't we? We don't not literally. Do you know what I mean? Like some people would, but uh, mine's mine's not that big, but it goes really fast. It wouldn't come anywhere near my chest, regardless of how excited I was. But I think in Holland, where my mate Jolly's just moved back from, stayed here for the weekend with his uh, with his wife and little boy. He was telling me that he went out with a group of friends one day. They were going to the the hot the hot baths over there in Holland. And, uh, I mean, he'd never been to the hot bars, or the hot springs, I should say. And so he, he went into the change room and he got his boardies on, which is, which is just what you do here in Australia. You go back out into the, into the sauna and you sit there. And he said, but, but what happened when I was there was I went and sat in there in my boardies and then my girlfriend and about six of her friends all just walked in absolutely stark as like it was, like it was nothing. And I said, well, how did you go? He goes, it was, it was amazing. It was fantastic. I go, could you maintain eye contact? He said, not at all. He said, I don't think I saw one person's eyes for the next 45 minutes. I go, what were you looking at? He goes, well, you know, there were seven naked, beautiful Dutch girls in the, in, the, in the spas. So, you know, what do you think? I said, ah, oh, yeah, you know, you're just sort of looking at your feet. He goes, no, that's not right. I go, well, he goes, you shouldn't assume it makes an ass out of you and me. I said, don't use that because... um. You know, I've never really liked that expression. He goes, have a, have a think about what I was looking at. And I said, oh, okay, I don't, I know what you're looking at. And uh, he goes, the same stuff you would have been looking at. I was like, hey, I'm, my, my wife's right there. I'm a married man. But, you know, you know, you can look, but you can't touch. They call it window shopping. I don't even know about that, though. It's a, it's a hard one to get your, to get your head around. You've got to be careful with calls like that. I had a mate, I still have a mate. He's one of my, my very good mates. He lives up in Sydney. And I posted a photo on Instagram the other day, and uh, it was just of, of me and my Dutch mate. And I said, we just went for an 8K run. I went for an 8K run with the great man. And then a mutual friend of my friend up in Sydney wrote on the bottom of that post. He goes, hey, you're almost ready for an 18K prowl up here in Sydney with Powley, who's our mutual mate. And I said, mate, I'm... I'm bored, Randy. And I, I actually wrote on that comment. I said, oh, yeah, it's a it's a much better... He's in Manly. It's quite a young, beachy, beautiful, uh, 
that's just a gorgeous, fit and healthy place to be. If you're on a, pl- a prowl and you're a single man, you're in you're in good company. I wrote on that photo, sounds better than being on the prowl here in Queenscliff where the average age is 75. And I, I read that to my wife because I thought it was a funny quote. And she goes, oh, babe, don't say that. And I said, hey, I, I actually thought, oh, that's fair enough. I'm a married man. I shouldn't say stuff like that. I go, what is it about it specifically you don't like? She's like, I just don't want people to think that Queenscliff isn't a cool place. I go, so you're not worried about the fact that you know, your husband's riffing with another married man about being on the prowl. She's like, honestly, that didn't even cross my mind. You've told me about your ability to, you know, chat with the chat with the ladies back in, in your high school days. So I don't think I have much to worry about. I said, well, that's, first of all, that's, that's quite hurtful. But that's just the way it was. We're, we're, we, we have an honest relationship. That's just the, the way she sees it. And you can't really break that reputation, can you? Not after being married for 11 years. What, you're going to start proving to her how good you are with girls? That's not going to go down well. That never ends. That never ends on a positive note, I don't think. Anyway. Do you see Buddy Franklin kick the thousand goals the other day? If you're not from Australia, you might not know what I'm talking about. If you're not from Victoria, you might not know what I'm talking about. Buddy Franklin is a... Australian rules footballer and he's uh, been in the AFL now I think it's his 17th or 18th season and just the other night he kicked a thousand goals and it was it was incredible scenes I think there was there would have been tens of thousands I'm estimating let's say 10,000 people sprinted onto the field surrounded buddy there were people yelling there were people hugging there were people cheering they were throwing their drinks buddy had he, he would have had contact with 400 different people in the few moments that he was, uh, or in the long moments that he was surrounded by a whole heap of people on the footy ground. Which was exciting because you don't often see that. But uh, it's funny as well because this time last year, no one was allowed at the football because it was too dangerous. Because remember back in the day when COVID was a thing, you had to keep social distance. You weren't allowed to be near anyone else. And even the AFL this year have said, no, no, look, we're going to be taking extreme measures to make sure that people are safe at our games. And then you see this footage and you go, okay, I'm starting to think my mates who question everything might be real because where did where did COVID go? What happened? How come? Here's the thing. I'm starting to get the vibe that, that when there's a really big crowd or a really beautiful moment or, or there's something to celebrate about where COVID is, well, COVID actually takes a back seat to the celebration. I think that's potentially what's going on here. Because I, I watch the same news channels, which up until about three weeks ago, we're, we're obsessed with talking about the dangers of COVID and the new variants and how we should get vaccinated and how we need our booster and how lockdown's not off the cards. Uh, I heard these same people when Buddy kicked the goal going, hey, how, how beautiful is this? And, and I said, well, it's beautiful, but I'm, I'm so confused. Because I didn't believe you all that time, and now, and now it's like you don't believe what it was that you were saying. So I'm I'm a little bit confused about how to navigate this. But it was beautiful scenes, nonetheless. It was exciting scenes. But if Buddy doesn't have COVID, well, I'm 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 pretty convinced that uh, it's impossible to catch these days. I'm not a doctor. Don't take that seriously. It's just speculation. But does that confuse you? I mean, I saw everyone in the everyone in the audience was so excited. They were really pumped about what was taking place. And I was pumped. And then a mate messaged me the next day with a photo of it. He goes, is COVID done? And I said, well, I think based on this photo, yeah, it's a hundred it's a hundred percent complete. It was uh 
it's actually even less dangerous than hay fever now. <laughs> Not a doctor. I don't know what I'm talking about. But uh, it was a great achievement. It was a great achievement. It would have been more impressive if he was a, uh, a Carlton supporter, though, because I we need all... Well, I was going to say we need all the help that we can get, and I said that because every year I say that. But this year, two rounds in, I know I gave him a hard time last week. I said that I don't think we're really going places based on false promises that they've made to us over the last 15 years. However, I'm going to be honest. Paddy Cribbs looked good, didn't he? Sam Walsh looked good, didn't he? Harry Mackay? Okay. Charlie Kernow? Whoopsie! Doherty beats Kana, cancer, comes back out. Or Doherty? Doesn't matter. Depends where you're from, how fancy you are. If you're a bogan, you say Doherty. If you're like me, a little bit classy, you say Doherty. You just silence those words up a little bit. It's funny how words change depending on where you are, doesn't it? Don't you reckon? Have you ever noticed that? Like, I'll be at work and I'll chat with a person who I'm friends with outside of work. And outside of work, they go, mate, hey, um, we'll, we'll have a chat about it over the weekend. I'll let you know what the final outcome is. And then you get into a work setting. They go, Tice, remember last Tuesday we liaised about, a, you know, a possible comprehension of the traditional plan to the mainland. I said, mate, look, I don't know what you just said. Did Why do we have to change the way we speak when we're at work? And they go, um, I don't remember this being recorded on any of the minutes. So is it uh, simply speculation? Or have you got any uh, comprehensive information that is going to support the claims with which you're making? I said, honestly, I'm, I'm just trying to eat my lunch. We're not even at work anymore, mate. He goes, I know, but just since we've become work partners, I feel as though it's easy to speak like this. There's got to be people like that. I'm not sure. I think it's the opposite for tradies. Like if you have an office job and you've got to take minutes, that's how you talk. But if you're a tradie, you got you got to talk like a real man. Yeah, mate. Yeah, no, we'll have a, have a bloody, we'll have a smoko in a minute and then we'll, uh, we'll see how she goes. He's had a quiet afternoon to himself. If he's had a quiet afternoon to himself, he'll pick up and go, my boy, puppy. If he's just finished work, he'll pick up the phone and go, g'day, mate, how are we, all right? We, uh, we, we doing all right? I go, mate, it's me. You don't, what's going on here? He's like, nah, not sure, mate. Just uh, just kicking about, making the most out of the uh, out of the day. But that bloody rain's kicked in, hasn't it? The rain's kicked in. You don't, you don't really know, uh, you know, we're going to see some flooding. Hopefully not, mate, because I'll knock off in a few minutes, have a couple of beers. As soon as I hear that, I go, oh, I wish I didn't make this phone call. Why did I make this phone call? Because now we've got to do pretend talk. Talking's a funny one. My, my wife talks to herself a lot. And I, I'm constantly getting in trouble for not, not hearing her. But I, I think the background noise of, of her talking to herself, it, it's just become such a part of my life that it's it's almost white noise. Because I think that it's a survival mechanism, isn't it? It's a, it's a technique for survival. If, if someone in your area or if there's, say, for example, if, if you live on a main road and there's constant cars going past, you could let every car bother you or you could just gradually accept that that car noise as white noise. It just becomes a part of your life. So then you're not frazzled. You can still get some sleep. You're not stressed. You're relaxed. Uh, I think that's what I've done because if I if I tuned in right now, I'm in the, in the back studio at my house. If I tuned in from here to everything that she was saying, out there, um, I mean, I would constantly be stopping whatever I was doing and going out and going, hey, sorry, what was that, sweetie? What'd you, what'd you say? 
and it causes a little bit of friction for us. We got on very well. The one area of our life or the one area of my life that I think um, I could improve is just turning up my hearing by by a few decibels because because sometimes I'll overhear something and I'll go, ah, oh, I think... I think that was for me. So I'll just pause a minute. If I hear it yelled out again, I'll go, oh, okay, well, I'll, I'll really tune in this time. But every now and then, she'll, she'll just be walking around the kitchen going, oh, okay, you've got to unpack the dishwasher. I go, what was that? And she's like, oh, it doesn't matter. But then then she'll say, all right, hey, babe, uh, today we're going to go down to the beach. I go, babe, are you talking to me? She's like, of course. Who else would I be talking to? And I said, well, that, exactly. That's a fair question. That's, that's exactly the right question. Who else would you be talking to? Because if, if I'm down here and I can't hear anything that's being said and you're down there and you're talking to... So you, you understand, you talk to yourself. I, have to, I sometimes have to do secret recordings on my phone just to show that it actually is an issue. You know, there'll be a half an hour conversation that I'm not involved in and, I'll, and then something will be said to me and I'll get in trouble for, for not knowing that that was for me. But she's pretty patient. She's very patient. I'm a, I'm a lucky man. But some of the things she says when she's talking to herself, like the other day we were just sitting on the couch together and she was just having a little mumble, like, I just think I could have done so much better for, for myself than, than get stuck with you. And I said, sweetie, was that, was that directed at me? She said, I'm just thinking about something. I said, all right, bub. So I sit there and she goes, uh, yeah, you're nowhere near the husband that I deserve. I said, wait, was that one for me? She goes, no, I'm talking to myself. I'm talking to myself. I go, why are you being such a bitch? And she goes, hey, come on. There's no need to talk to your wife like that. I go, hey, I was talking to myself. She goes, well, that's a ridiculous thing to say because it made it sound like you're talking about me. Can you understand why a comment like that might make me feel a little bit insecure? I go, yes, <laughs> more than you know. And then she goes, I deserve better than you. I go, was that a thought to yourself? She goes, no, that was for you. I was like, this is why I'm confused. This is why I get muddled up. Funny when you see people who've been married for a long time, isn't it? Like, yeah, you watch them for a little while and it just doesn't take long. There's certain things there's certain things that married couples do that have boiled over for a long time where you go, okay, what, why was there such a reaction to that statement? One thing that does my head in is, and it's not just with marriage, it's with anyone that I've known for a long time. If we've been through something together and I'm in a group of people telling a story and I'm setting up the premise, I'm telling my version of events, I'm just telling them what I remember and then I'll get to a I'll get to a crossroads in the story, and just a, I might be using like a, a a what do you call it a well placed pause to build a little bit of tension in the old Popplestone story, the Popplestone reflection, the old monologue that I'm a part of, and then whoever it is around me goes, oh mate, you forgot one detail. I go, wait, hey mate, just one sec, I'm about to get on. No, no, but you forgot a really important detail. If I, if you don't say this, it might stuff the whole story. Can I just say, I go, mate, honest. This has become. This has caused a little bit of tension right now. Can you feel the atmosphere sort of increasing in tension? They go, no, but just okay. All right, tell your stupid story. And then they tell their little bit. They go, oh, what he forgot to say was, you know, there was a girl called Sarah. I was like, mate, this is. I was getting to this. I was going to tell that part in five minutes, but you cut me off. They go, oh, sorry, keep going with your story. Then I get down a little bit and I go, oh well, yeah. Then we caught up with Sarah. I think she was from Morocco. And he goes, oh, hey, one sec, oh, I'm going to stop you. It's just from Macedonia. I go, mate, it doesn't, like, don't get so specific with this story that we, we just, don't let the lie wreck a good, thir- uh, wreck a good story is the quote that I once heard, which I, I happen to agree with in a, in a, you know, to a great degree. Don't let, a, don't let a lie wreck a good story. Look at this podcast. Did you think this was all 100% accurate information? I'm sorry to break it to you. 
I'm going to suggest 50% of this is, is, is made up. It's not. It's not. Well, it is. But just for the sake of the podcast, you know, being able to maintain a little bit of credibility, let's just go for uh, let's just go for the fact that it's it's realistic. But that's one thing. That's one thing that I've got to be very careful of, especially with Jesse, because because we've been together for so long, and because there's so many different situations that we've been in together. Uh, I'll start telling a story, and, and she'll just jump in and go, "Oh, babe, you forgot an important detail." After a couple of months of us being together, I was like, "Oh, she's so helpful, isn't it? Isn't it sweet? Like it's so sweet how how she cares so much about the story that when I take a slight tangent or go on a slight detour, she'll pull me up and go, "Oh." Uh, you forgot a detail. Like, hey, babe, thank you so much. You're so like you're so witty and wise, and you're so beautiful. And um, and now, and now we've been together for for fourteen years in July. And now, when that happens, if I'm telling a story, and I get to an important part, and she goes, "Babe, can I can I just butt, butt in there?" I go, "Hey, shut shut the fuck up." <laughs> yeah, that said it so much more aggressive than I was anticipating. I don't, I, I don't say the f word. I don't talk to her like that in public. You know, like if we're just at home and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get stuff done, she gets in my way. I go, hey, you shut the fuck up. Are you gonna come here and talk to me? <laughs> Do you know? I watched Godfather once. So I think I'm him. And people look at me, they, they often look at me and they go, ah, oh, what a horrible, what a horrible, horrible husband. I go, no, no, look, you've got to understand the context for that reaction. It's not that my patience is that low, that, that one interruption has caused that despicable response. That response is based on 14 years of tension gradually building up and, and me maybe not being as open and as clear about how, how frustrated I am with it. And so, and so I snapped a little bit. I mean, you got to be careful with the snaps. I told you a couple of weeks ago, my little boy fell off his off his stand up chair next to the bench, and I had a little snap. I chucked it off our balcony. I was on the phone to Telstra back in two thousand and fifteen. You know, quite a big bill, maybe challenging time financially. Long wait time on the phone. I I punched the door, thinking I was just punching the door. My hand went right through it. I go, okay got to understand the context though don't you you can't just be looking at me going wow he's a prick because that would make me uh that would make me I'd be, I'd be upset to hear that i'd be a little bit disappointed but i guess when that's all you've been presented with if we've met each other for the first time and um it's funny relationship dyna- dynamics are a funny thing we're actually i feel like we're, we're quite patient with each other a few years ago it must have been 2014 or 2015 we both uh we heard about this tv show called restaurant revolution so it was a, I think it was a show about, okay, well, there's six different couples or eight different couples and they're all responsible for running their own restaurants. It would have just been the most ridiculous scene to see us both in because because I, I personally don't really like um, long hours in a job that I'm, I'm not passionate about. And a restaurant is something that apart from going there to eat food, I, I couldn't care less about. I don't want to know about rosters. I don't know about food prep. I don't know want to know about like does our does our, our building and our premise live up to the expectations of safety amongst health officers that are that are going to come in to check it out. I'm really not that interested in that kind of uh, in that kind of world. So I'm not sure why it is that we applied for it. Maybe we're just going for a little bit of a we're going for a little bit of attention, and uh, 
we put together like a, we sat in front of a camera for for half an hour and we were just talking we were answering questions we were riffing and it was a good video jesse edited it down we looked like the ultimate couple and then we had to go into uh i don't know i don't know where it was it was like on the on the south side of melbourne and it was an audition essentially so we went in to to meet a, there was just a lady director there and she's uh, she's asking us questions about herself and you know she's asking questions like oh who's the more patient one in the relationship and i pointed to me and jesse pointed to her and i said actually that's a good point it's definitely you she'd say who's the smartest one in the relationship and i pointed to jesse and she pointed to herself and i said that's hurtful babe honestly like at least even if you know it could you just make me believe that you think i'm at your level she's like you're not though i go well, i appreciate your honesty it's a really it's a really big skill of yours and then we had to. We're pretty patient together, and I think on a on a TV show, you want to, you want some clashing personalities. Like we've been watching Maths the last couple of nights. I'm sorry to admit it, but it's it's sucker punch me. It's just a brilliant TV show. The producers are fantastic. I'm at a point now. I've gone through like a little bit of a wave where I used to go, oh my gosh, it's so produced. You can just tell that these people are are clearly being manipulated and they're being um, sort of prodded and poked and they're really going for an emotional response and they're both drinking and it's very late and, um, you know, not to deal with the relationship issues that are taking place. And now I just go, how good is this TV show? This is a beautiful addition. It, stand, it goes against everything that I believe is healthy in life, like, uh, you know, developing a positive mindset, patience, health, um, and it's so fantastic. It's like a real life gossip magazine, and and I just watched that, and I think, yeah, you know what? If I was on this show, I'd be just I wouldn't be able to get phased enough. Not enough. Not enough. Really pisses me off for me to get fired up. That's why you need like your doms. You've been watching it. You seen Dom? She's a period sex girl. We'll get back to that in a minute. I want to talk to you about that, but but Dom's a fiery character. And so you need to have like a negative, you need to have a negative tension. And at around the same time that we posted our video on YouTube, I saw another couple who posted their video on YouTube. And they just, even in the video, they came across like a terrible couple. Like they were bickery. Like she was just mean to him. And he took it like a little bitch. I felt passionate. I was getting involved in their YouTube channel um, just by default. I was disgusted at the dynamic. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is just disgusting. But what I didn't realize was I was, I was so drawn in by their their negative relationship that I'd, I'd, I'd already added about 220 views to their YouTube count. And we went in for a trial and she's like, all right, we're going to put you through some stressful little challenges and just see how you guys respond. And so she came up with option one and then Jessie sat there and she's like, all right, babe, here's what needs to happen. Here's step one, two and three. I go, babe, that's a really good plan. Like maybe if we just slightly adjust point three, it'd be perfect. And then she'd go, yeah, you're right. And then we would do it. And then it passed and it worked perfectly. And we would look around and go, done. And she was like, that is the most boring problem solving I've ever seen. And I said, well, what, what is it about it you didn't like? She goes, well, you just, you just work together like a unit. I said, that's right. That's why we'll be great for the TV show. She goes, what, what makes you think that would be great for the TV show? And I said, oh, just a, you know, a young couple working together to solve the world's problems. And she goes, we want chaos. What would have been better in that 35 seconds was if you ran downstairs, got shit-faced on bourbon, found a 50-year-old prostitute, brought her back upstairs, started playing with her bum cheeks and giving her like a, a little neck rub, 
then watched your wife get you in a headlock because she was so disgusted by the years of patience that she's had for this kind of behavior. This was the breaking point. Okay, actually, that does sound a lot more interesting. Do you want me to do it? She goes, no, no, don't. And Jesse goes, I can't, like, why would you even ask that? 50% truth, 50% made up. Pop Culture Podcast 2022. That's a ratio that we're working with. But I mentioned Dom, Dominica. She's a she's like a she's like a firecracker. She's the firecracker kind of personality. Like yeah, you can give her a glass of wine and then someone to disagree with, and there's gonna be blood. There's gonna that's the wrong phrase to use when you're speaking about her period. What I'm leading into is a story. So so she was on this show and uh, and, and she was they have these little breakdowns. They have well there are breakdowns like emotional and physical breakdowns, but I mean uh, breakdowns with the actual with the actual love experts where they go and sit on the couch and the the experts. I do this because I think every I reckon ten percent of couples from married at first sight that have been put together by the experts have survived. So I'm just I, I wonder. I wonder how expert you are if, you know, every couple that you try and put together doesn't quite work out. It just it just doesn't quite add up is is my only point. So so they're the experts. But the experts sat down with her the other day and uh and they said, Oh, do you do you feel as though your partner finds you attractive? And she's like, Oh, not not entirely. And the partner's like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe you don't think I find you attractive. And she's like, No, I just I, I just I don't think you find me super attractive. And the expert's like, all right, we really need to delve into this. Like, why is it? Why why doesn't she find you attractive? Or why is it that he doesn't think you're beautiful? And she's like, Well, I'm a woman and I bleed monthly. I have a period and the other day I was horny and I was bleeding and I wanted to have sex. And I was I was on this side of my TV just vomiting. God, yeah. <laughs> I get the poor bastard. He must be terrified. Get the man in soda water. Ah, oh. and uh, and the judges are a little bit like, oh, so what? What's the problem? And so I just want to have sex when I want to have sex. And he's there, go. He's just dry reaching. The rest of the audience is dry reaching. I'm there with a bucket. I've got a hose in my ass just to try and clean myself. I don't know. Yeah, fifty percent truth, fifty percent made up. I'll just. But the thing is, it's just. I feel like it's a. That's a line I can't cross either. I can't. I'm not interested in that kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? If there's any blood in the room in a in a romantic moment, I start to panic. That's why I think people with like weird kinks. Um, remember that cutting phase that people went through? Like, I'm sure that made it to the bedroom. But if there's, even if I knew my wife had cut her fingernail slightly too short, and it might have just been. Um, like that pre-blood kind of thing, I'd go, hey, how about we just wait a couple of days till it's healed a little bit because I, you know, I just can't relax knowing that your fingernail has been hurt. Um, is there a general consensus with that? I reckon there'd be plenty of people out there is the vibe I get that are, that are completely open to, to that kind of thing, but just not my not my kettle of fish, but sure makes good TV because uh, they, they wanted to advertise that. Like the next three weeks, that was the advertisement for the show and I thought, oh, well, that's... I really want to see what the outcome to this is because am I am I like a little wuss? Am I a pussy? Because I, you know, won't make love to a look uh, to a woman who looks like she's been you know been stabbed, been been abused. But that's the problem because blood blood is often used to resemble like you know danger or this needs fixing. I don't know. Just the idea of putting your finger in a cut just doesn't seem right. If you're if you're bleeding on your arm, don't poke, don't poke where the blood's coming from. That's pretty easy to accept. So if you're bleeding from wherever, you shouldn't be you shouldn't be prodding that with a 
with anything else is, is is what I think. But but what do I know? Some people like to do the old toffee apple, is what they call it. I'm not sure if anyone's ever called it that, but I just I just had an image of of when I was a young man going to Coles supermarket and and seeing them sell toffee apples, and I just I feel as though it, it just it could be the uh, it could be the perfect description. I always knew there was a reason I didn't like toffee apples, and, and I could have just answered it, but that's just the way it is. I've got to... <laughs> anyway. What are we What are we doing here? I've written down a, I've written down a few things that I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, oh, that's one thing that I wanted to talk to you about. I'm I'm really bad at Scrabble, and I always knew like my wife often beats me at Scrabble, and I've I've spoken to you guys about this before. I she plays what I call street rules, where she just puts down letters to try and get the most points. And she'll roll the dice, uh, not literally, because there's no dice in Scrabble unless you confused it with another game. But she'll she'll write, roll the dice metaphorically speaking, and she'll try and and she'll try and make a word. So she she might have two Ks and a Z, and uh, and she'll find an A somewhere on the board and and write the word cax. And I go, sweetie, what what is that? That's not even a real word. She goes, Google it, and if it do, if it's not a real word, I'll lose my points. And I can tell she's bluffing, but she's got this incredible ability. To be able to do words like cacks and get thirty-seven points, and it just—it just does my—it does my head in a little bit because she's constantly kicking my ass with games like that, and I go, okay, well, this is just frustrating. I don't want to play. And I honestly thought, okay, she's she's street rules. I think I'm quite decent at this game, uh, but but what I need to do is I just need to find someone who's a little bit more my level. And then and then I've gradually sort of just worked my way down, and and it was only. I should have realized in year 10, we had a Japanese exchange student come and stay with us, and he barely spoke any English. He's Chinese, actually. Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry about just confusing the two cultures. It's got nothing to do with the fact anyone looks the same. It was just, uh, it was just a, a, you know, a mental blank for me for a moment. Chinese. His name was Jack. He came to our house, and he barely spoke English, but we got on like a house on fire just through communication, thumbs up, um, you know, and just clapping whenever we saw a photo of Mao. I just did that to make him feel special. I'm not sure it was just drilled into him. So I thought, hey, you know, you gotta you, you gotta adapt to the uh, to the people that you're working with. And Jack, he he came to our house, and Mum said, hey, it'd be fun for for, for you guys to play Scrabble. And I said, hey, that's right, like I'll I'll kick his ass. Can't wait to play this little Chinese man. He can't even talk English. Anyway, hour and a half later, we counted the scores. He beat me by 48 points. I go, Jack, you don't even speak like you don't even know English words, man. He didn't even understand what I was saying because he, he he didn't understand English words and yet he's there kicking my ass at Scrabble. What what is that? Think you're clever because you accidentally got triple Z? Make the word zoo? What you know one word, do you know the word zoo? You got triple Z, 30 points, 31, 32, zoo. Yeah, well done, dickhead. Let you come here and stay as a foreign exchange student. You come into my own house, not speaking my language, kick my ass at a game which requires which requires my language as the foundation. You think you just come here and beat me. That's like me that's like me going over to China, just rocking up at some person's house and kicking his ass at table tennis. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. I can't imagine going to a to a China boy's house and, and sitting down in his lounge room and his mum comes out in Mandarin and says, you know, why don't you guys have a game of Chinese Scrabble? He's doing words like uh, Xi Jinping, Kim, I was going to say Kim Jong-un. It's a, again, you shouldn't you shouldn't just assume that that anyone who looks slightly Asian is 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 all from one 
particular country because otherwise you find yourself in a predicament like where I am right now and look like a racist. But that's a frustrating that's a frustrating situation to be in, especially in year 10 when you're trying to work on your confidence levels. He was a relatively smart kid. But maybe it goes without saying he was great at maths. He was great with computers. He had an iPhone. It was only 2004. I was like, where'd you get that? He's like, ah, oh, it's better. I go, okay. In beta phase. Little things like that. As you get older, you start to realize, all right, hey, Tosh, you need to focus on where your strengths are. If you're getting beaten by a Chinese bloke at Scrabble who doesn't speak your language, maybe your skills lay in a different area. Not me. I just kept on swinging. I kept on swinging. Married a married a woman who made the word cacks because she uses street rules in because uh, she uses street rules in Scrabble. Anyway, that's just the stuff you got to deal with. That's part of life, isn't it? We've all got our problems. I was thinking the other day, imagine how terrifying it would be to be a mouse and see a rat. Do you reckon mice just think rats are giants? <laughs> I thought that was a funny thought. I had that thought the other day. I thought that's very funny. Do you reckon, do you reckon a mice just think... See, I remember when I used to go to the gym, I would see people who... They were just built different to me. There was a, there was one guy there was about six foot seven and he was a monster. Like, I, I, I understood that he wasn't a giant. He was just genetically gifted and it worked out a lot and uh but i had the uh i had the ability to be able to work through that process and go okay no he's not a giant he's like the same as me but he's he's just bigger for a whole variety of reasons and and i thought man it would suck not to have that it would suck not to have that ability so i reckon it'd be terrifying for a mouse just to be walking down the street and imagine the imagine the uh identity crisis that you would have when you see a big good-looking rat walk down the street like he owns a spot you think far out like am i a midget because all the people i hang out with they don't look like they don't look like that either i'm actually relatively decently built in the crew that i hang out with you know we go out to to cheese tuesdays and we just we just sit together and we, we talk about the cats that we've dodged um you know talk about how good it is that when we get a headache they're only tiny <laughs> because yeah I just, I reckon it'd be stressful. Uh, but mice, apparently, mice are quite smart, aren't they? I think, I think mice are quite smart. I think rats are quite smart. I'm pretty sure. Do you know what's making me say I think rats are smart? I'm saying I think rats are smart because they really enjoy cocaine. That's a sign, if there is any, that maybe uh, I don't want to say anyone who's doing cocaine is not smart, but I just think it's not the smartest choice. It makes them sound a little bit, uh, a little bit spontaneous. Makes him sound like a party animal, literally, doesn't it? I never really thought about where that expression comes from, party animal. I reckon that term party animal comes from, from mice who have been exposed to cocaine. <laughs> there was, there's like a mice, a mouse and a, and a lab rat putting like a little cage. The scientists have put a tube of water and a tube of cocaine in there just to... You know, just to see what would happen, the little mouse goes up to the tube of cocaine, all of a sudden start thinking he's a rat, goes up to the rat, starts starts trying to start shit at 100 miles an hour. I kind of go, eee! <laughs> the, mouse is, the mouse is just, you know, he's out of his depth. The rat knows it, but but it's just so entertaining. You sit there as a rat and you're like, bro, this guy's going to regret this in the morning. 
Yeah. Cocaine's a funny drug like that. I always feel like, I, I hate those kind of conversations with people where you're like, oh, we're getting on so well, but I know we're only getting well because you're high or because you're on, uh, you're on coke or because you've had too much to drink. You wake up in the next morning and they're like, oh, dude, I'm so sorry about that. And I'm like, I think I hate it because a lot of the time I like people better when they're drunk because they're so much more open, they're so much more relaxed. They're, a lot of the time, not always, I mean, there's the, the opposite side to this as well where you go home and you get your wife in a headlock, which is which is also not fun. But I'm speaking about from a social perspective. When you're out just for a couple of drinks with mates, they start opening up to you like, this is beautiful. Like, what is going on? They're like, oh, man, just don't listen to me. I've just taken MDMA. I just feel so close to you. Like, let's cuddle. I'm like, this. I want to cuddle you. I live for cuddles. They get up the next morning, they apologize, and, and, and you just assume that everything that they said was a was a lie, was fake. You're not sure. You just can't wait for the next time for, for these guys to to take MDMA again because you just wanna you just wanna experience that closeness with them. It's a weird thing though. I sorry, I digressed a little bit there. I was talking about the gym. I remember that that's intimidating going to a gym and just seeing a a person the size of that that bloke that I was referring to. It's like I felt like a little mouse going into a room full of rats. I like to train with the big boys. I'd go to the gym with the big boys. But the first day you go in there and it's so embarrassing just asking to be spotted. You know when you're, you're having trouble with a particular way and you're like, bro, do you mind spotting me? I was going up to people at the gym. First day I got there, I was like, bro, do you mind spotting me? Because I was 67 kilos and these guys were massive. So I just wanted to make sure I had the help I needed. So I was, I was busting my ass at the weights. I was like, dude, can someone spot me? They're like, man, you're trying to open the door to the gym. Like, you shouldn't, <laughs> you shouldn't be stuck already. Why, why do you need to be spotted now? That's the entrance to the gym. I was like, this is embarrassing. I thought this was part of the circuit. I go, Tyus, it's a six-kilo door. A 45-year-old woman just walked in there. And she's recovering, <laughs> she's recovering from, a, from a very rare disease that zaps all your strength. I was like, look. I'm sorry, I thought I thought it was a part of the circuit. Then you go in and ask the bloke, you know, who's just put back his 50 kilo dumbbells if he could if he could take the 10 kilo ones off the shelf for you because you're scared you're gonna drop it on your foot. You go, oh, okay. I want to get back into the gym, but the problem is, at the moment I'm that little mouse again. I've got the I've got the camera strategically placed. And this shirt's a little bit tight as well, so it probably doesn't make me look as skinny as I as I really am. I mean, I'm still working out, but a lot of body weight stuff, I need to get back in there. And But it, it does a lot for you. It doesn't do a lot for your ego, does it? When you get to the front door of the gym, you're yelling out for someone to spot you. It's scary though, trying your best to push open a gym. You haven't got the best grip on the bottom of your shoes. You're forcing it forward. You've got it open about three inches, but then the weight of the door starts sliding you back. Ah, oh, just a big sign saying, welcome to good life, where your dreams come reality. I was like, how do you get in? Let me into this premises. <laughs> I want to go and get a real weight. Ask another guy to spot you. It's like, dude, you're just trying to get up the stairs. I go, well, give me a piggyback. There's a long, there's a lot of them. <laughs> anyway, yeah, what a that was a that was an interesting chat, wasn't it? We covered some territory. We started off at Chris Rock. We ended at me at the gym trying to open the door. Covered some high quality content in between. Would would really um I'm not sure what I was gonna say there. But I am glad you were here. 
I'm glad you're here. Sorry it's a day late. I think Tuesday's Tuesday's sort of the day that this, this comes out now, isn't it? I say sorry because in my head it's a Monday. It's a Monday podcast, but it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday today, so I'll, I'll put this out this afternoon. All going well. I've uh, gone down to help him out with some footy training filming tonight. You're not interested in that, but that's what I'm doing. So I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. I'm going to go and get some lunch. May God bless you, you beautiful human being. And I'll, uh, what is it, Tuesday today? I'll see you all here next week. All right, enjoy your week.